welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. share uh, about uh, putting your faith in God and I think we need to do that at this time. Pray with me Lord God we thank you for the Word of God that's alive and full of power and we need your power, we need to put our faith in you and I pray that you'd help us, instruct us and inspire us along those lines this morning. I pray for everyone watching and engaging uh, that you would touch their heart and help them to come closer to you and discover more of your love, your grace and your call for their life so that we can fulfill our destiny in this earth for your glory. In Jesus' name, we believe for that. Amen. All right. Thank you, Sarah. And, uh, and so, uh, again, uh, good morning. And uh, I want to start by... Um, actually, I just want to refresh your memory uh, about our... Um, about our giving as a church, uh, you know, we've always been a missions-minded church. We want to be a local church but with a global outreach. And uh, Ruth and I, as you know, were missionaries and we've had a lot of connections and, and God led uh, uh, connections with ministries and pastors and missions around the world. And, uh, and not just overseas, but uh, as a church, the funding that we receive, we uh, give out in different ways to different ministries. We give to Christians Against Poverty, CAP, great program that goes on all over Australia. Uh, we give to the Gideons, um, who have, of course, been putting Bibles all over the world for hundreds of years or a long time. And um, uh, we've got money that we've received. Thank you for those who gave to the Lake Kajeligo Outreach, which is still going to go ahead at some point. Um, and then overseas... We've got uh, giving that goes to Russia. In fact, I've got a special initiative that I want to tell you more about, uh, hopefully in another couple of months. We're ideally waiting until people could be back here physically, but if we have to, we'll just communicate an offering possibility uh, for a, a great project that's going on in St. Petersburg in Russia. We support Pastor Vin in Vietnam and his network of churches where we've preached and ministered with. And for many years, uh, we've been in Thailand. And of course, some of us in our church sponsor children in um, through the Compassion Projects there and maybe in other parts of the world as well. Um, so thank you for your giving. And just a reminder that we are giving beyond uh, just our local area. Um, and speaking of Vietnam and Thailand, a few years ago, I had been preaching in Vietnam and uh, I then went from Pastor Vin and, and working with his churches there in, uh, in Vietnam to uh, Bangkok. And I was uh, in a hotel on a Saturday um, waiting to preach for a church, in, uh, quite a significant church in Bangkok on the Sunday. And I started to feel really sick. And I thought, oh, it's just because I've been busy and I'm flying in and out and preaching. And they work you hard. You know, they're very hungry and keen. So whenever you rock up, they're like, bang on, great, let's preach all day. So I'd done quite a few meetings and then I, I started to feel sick. I thought, oh, you know, uh, this is not good. But um, I, I never let sickness or symptoms get in the way of, of ministry. And so I wasn't going to cancel. Uh, and of course, I should let you know this is pre-COVID. <laughs> so there's no need for me to isolate and get a test or anything. Um, anyway, Sunday morning, I wake up, I feel even worse. I've got the shakes. I'm hazy, dizzy, sweating. Uh, but I think, 
Come on, I've got to keep going. So I'm praying for healing. Ah, the symptoms just haven't changed much, you know, so I've just got to carry on. And I, I, I uh, as I said, made that a habit over the years to, to do that. The only time I, I didn't do that in church, I've preached here sometimes feeling a, a, a pretty crook, but once Ruth sent me home because uh, I was covered in spots and I was like, no, I must preach, I must serve God. She's like, babe, people are going to just run away from you. You look terrible. Get out of here, you know. So, um, But anyway, I went on to the church and uh, I preached the first morning service and I got through it, and then I went to the pastor's office. They said, would you like a little rest? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> so I lay down on the couch. About five minutes later, someone's waking me up saying, oh, Ajahn, it's time for the two o'clock service. I went, hang on, no. Is it not like 11? Because we just finished the morning service. So three hours had gone by just like that. And so uh, I was really out of it, you know, pressed in, got through, and, uh, and um, you know, managed to, to preach something half decent, I hope, you know, and did, did what I had to do. Anyway... I'm on the way back to the hotel and two words randomly pop into my head. Dengue fever. Now, I'm not that medical. I don't even know what dengue fever is. But I've heard of it and I think it doesn't sound good. And I think that's random. That's weird. And this thought won't go away. Oh, I've got dengue fever. That's the thought process. Oh, oh, and I'm going to die because it's a really deadly disease. And I'm a long way from home and you're never going to make it through the night. And, uh, and so I'm thinking, oh, that's ridiculous. You know, and I go to sleep that night, I wake up in the morning, I'm still feeling really crook. I'm sweating and I've got the shakes. I pray, I read the Bible. I'm, and then I, go, I get on Facebook and I see a motorbike friend um, who's a real tough nut. I've seen him break things, bend things, come off bikes and just really tough. And he's decked out in this photo, in a hospital on a drip. And uh, so I messaged him and said, oh, can I, mate, what's up? You okay? He says, well, I was in Vietnam last week and I'm in hospital now with dengue fever. And I'm like, oh, there it is. It was a word from God. It was prophetic. You are going to die. You have got it. You're going to, you know, my mind's racing. Part of me saying, oh, don't be ridiculous. Just coincidence. Oh, no, it's too much of a coincidence. Anyway, I don't think it was dengue fever. I survived as you can tell. And, um, and so I got over it. But what was interesting, uh, you know, I've fought like you have, I've fought sickness before and I've had battles and, you've, you know, I fight for, for healing. But this battle was different because it was a battle in my mind. It was a battle against fear. And I'm not by nature a fearful person. Um, but it really messed with my head for a while there because these thoughts wouldn't go away. And, um, and, and I realised, oh, this is, this is really rattling me and taking, and I've got to preach and prophesy and pray over people and get on with it. And yet it was really difficult and distracting from my calling. And that's exactly what fear can do. And, um, you know, I realised, yeah, fear is, um, is, is sometimes a big deal, even if there's nothing that the fear is based on. You know, I didn't really have that disease, but it didn't help that there was no basis for reality. What do they say? Fear, uh, F-E-A-R, uh, false education appearing real. It's, it's not necessarily based on fact or logic, but you tell that to your heart because all the emotions are swirling around. You've still got to deal with them. Uh, in fact, there's an old adage I, I read the other day. It said, uh, it must have come from the days when animals were scary in villages. Fear makes the wolf bigger than he really is. And so, um, you know, fear exaggerates a problem 
and, uh, and it can really strike into your heart in such a way that you're fretting about something, even if it doesn't eventuate at all. But then sometimes your fears really do have some basis. There really are some things to feel concerned about. And, uh, and at the moment, we have all the repercussions of the COVID pandemic. So some of us are concerned about our finances, about our, uh, our jobs being on the line, our income dropping, or perhaps your business suffering. Uh, students are battling with all the uh, uncertainty about how they're going to study and learn. And, uh, and for this year's HSC uh, cohort of students, it's tough to figure out how we're going to do our exams. And of course, parents can get stressed about uh, having kids, you know, under their care with online learning. They could be worried about their kids not getting enough social interaction and sports and other activities they normally do and they're trying to homeschool them. Uh, and in ministry sense, we can feel afraid or concerned that we're just not meeting and reaching the people that we feel called to because we're isolated and in lockdown and we, we want to serve God and, and fulfill the call that we feel on our life to, to touch people with the gospel and it, uh, you, you maybe feel like that's not happening. And then of course family and friends, they're disconnected and they maybe are afraid, when am I going to see my kids or grandkids because they're in another lockdown area? And then you've got the actual fear of the condition of disease, of people getting the virus. Uh, not to mention all the angst and uh, conflict that goes on with people arguing about how the government's handled it or what kind of vaccine or whether you should get a vaccine and all that. So these are real concerns. So what do you do? Well, of course, we have a choice. Uh, you can decide to get fixated on the 24-hour news cycle and, um, and that's not going to do you any good because that's just going to let the enemy right into your head and you're going to swirl and spin around with all sorts of negative thoughts and feel terrible and, and stressed and frustrated and angry that lockdown and this and yeah. And so um, we've just got to be a little careful how much news content you take in uh, and what you're filling your, your head and your heart with. Um, so, of course, the best choice is to, to go to God, uh, to go to God's Word, to make a stand in faith and to... Uh, Trust him, trust in his words, stand on his words, stand on his promises because God's word's got promises of, of protection and provision and even prosperity in, in all kinds of difficulties and it's up to us whether we believe them, whether we put our faith in God and his promises. And so today's message is really about faith as opposed to fear and they, they, because they operate the same way but they take you in two different directions directions because fear and faith both say look something hasn't eventuated yet it's not physically here but it's it's there it's over there somewhere we're aiming for it I'm expecting it and if you take a hold of one of them it'll take you in that direction so if you take a hold of faith and faith in God's word and what God's promises it's going to draw you to that fulfillment but if you get fear inside you Job said in the word what I feared came upon me Look what happened to him. And so fear will, will take you in a different direction. And so, you know, fear will take you away from God along a, a pathway of, of, of worry and stress and anxiety and, and you'll end up missing your destiny. Whereas faith takes you, uh, well, towards God. 
and along a pathway that builds confidence and security and a sense of peace and stability in Romans 8.28, as Ruth was preaching. What a great offering word. All the, all the good that came out of World War I and, uh, and, and, and that attitude of, yeah, it's going to be okay. All things work together for good. I'm called by God. I love him. And, uh, and so you'll end up fulfilling the will of God for your life if you can stay on track with faith. And so we need to walk by faith, as the Bible says. And of course, it's not always easy. It's quite a conflict, quite a fight. In fact, that's exactly what Paul the Apostle called it. He said it's the good fight of faith because he's aware it's a challenge. It's a fight, but it's a good fight because we're on the winning team because Jesus is going to help us win eventually. Um, And someone who knew all about this walk of faith was Abraham. I want you to look at a scripture with me about him. Um, As you may know, you know, he is known as the father of faith because he trusted in God. Uh, All different circumstances and challenges came his way. And at one point, you probably know this part of his life journey, he and his wife Sarah were given a promise by God that they would have a son, an heir, and he would be the beginning of a lineage that God had said, your descendants will be like the stars, just so many. I'm going to make you into a great nation. And so that's a great promise. But what was particularly outrageous about that promise was that both Abraham and Sarah at that time were in their mid-70s. <laughs> so uh, you can just imagine, uh, you know, hearing that uh, promise and then going, all right, great, let's go to the doctor. You know, and they rock up. See, uh, see the doctor, and he says, oh, okay, come in. Come in, Mr. Abraham, come in. Uh, Sarah, uh, what, what can I do for you? you know, uh, pacemaker? You know, heart medication? Hearing aid, perhaps? No, 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 we're just checking to see if we're pregnant. Right. Maybe a referral to a psychiatrist? I know someone. You know, <laughs> I just think, what's going through their mind? And not only that, God gives them the promise, nothing happens. Nothing happens for a really long time, like for more than 20 years, nothing happens. Have you ever had that sense where, oh God, I've read in your word, I see this, I'm putting my faith in Faith and patience inherit the promises of God. Oh, don't you hate that second bit? Faith, yeah, but faith and patience, oh, inherit the promises of God. So finally, can you imagine the thoughts, the, the fears that are coming up in their mind because they're, they're wanting to trust in the Word of God, but circumstances just aren't backing up the fulfillment of that promise. Their situation is not conducive to what they see or hear in that sense from God's Word. They didn't have the written Word like we do, but God's speaking to them. But they just didn't have any backup from their circumstances. And that's part of the faith challenge, the faith journey. And they could have easily thought, oh, I'm going to die before I see this promised heir. It's never going to happen. You know. But they didn't. Abraham, known for his faith. And so sure enough, Isaac is born. Abraham's 100 and, um, and, and Sarah's 99 at the time. And of course, the, the Jewish nation arrives and uh, the Jewish people come. Um, so Romans... Talks about, talks about this in chapter 4, about Abraham's faith in regard to this situation. Look at it there with me in Romans 4 verse 18. And it says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. 
See, hope is like the emotional side of faith. You can hope for something, but then faith goes further and says, no, I'm going to believe. I've got to hope for this to happen, but faith goes, yeah, it's really going to happen. And it says, he, so he became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to, just as it had been said to him so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet, don't you love it? The Bible doesn't really split hairs, does it? Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. What a great passage and how applicable to us today. Notice, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. I love that because faith doesn't ignore the facts. Sometimes people say, oh, faith, you know, it's kind of weird because people pretend that something hasn't happened. Faith doesn't say, I haven't broken my arm or, no, no, we don't have any bills to pay. You know, I've got no problems, blah, blah, blah. You know, as if, no, no, faith says, okay, we've got issues. We've got a problem here. But what does God's word say? Faith says, hey, I'm injured or I'm sick, but I'm not, and I'm going to go to the doctor, but I'm also going to go to Dr. Jesus and see what his prognosis is. Faith doesn't say, uh, oh, yeah, we've got no financial problems. You know, faith says, yeah, wow, flip, we've got bills to pay, challenges, but what does God's word say? Oh, he's Jehovah Jireh. He'll meet all my needs according to his riches and glory. And then it starts praying through that. So it, it sees the facts faces up to it, accepts the reality, but then doesn't submit to it and says, oh, well, that's the way it's going to be. Nothing will ever change. What can I do? No, no. It then brings God's word, God's promises by faith into that situation and things start to change. And so that's what Abraham had to do. Look how strong he was. So he, uh, it says there, he did not weaken. He wasn't, what did it say? Without weakening in his faith, verse 19. He didn't waver through unbelief. Very easy, isn't it? To just get doubtful and waver. But it says he was strengthened in his faith. He was fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Which is all faith is, really. Just believing that someone will do what they said they'd do. And if we're talking about God, you have good reason to be fully persuaded. To accept that if God says it, it's going to happen. And so we really need faith at this time. And I want to encourage you to build faith, strengthen your faith, and not let fear get the better of you or to be worried or stressed or downhearted or, or under negative thinking, but to trust in God. So how do you do that? Let me give you two things that will help build your faith. And you kind of know this and you've probably already done it, but um, it's, it's important. The first one is that we build our relationship with God. Because as you grow in God and grow closer to God and you know God, then you find it a lot easier to trust Him. And this is true of any relationship, isn't it? Because you've got, uh, you know, a husband and wife who love each other and have been building that loving relationship for many years, then they have good trust or a trustworthy friend. They're worthy of your trust, trustworthy. Because uh, you've done life with them over a long period of time. So you know you can rely on them. See, so you put your faith in them. If they say, I'll be there, I'll help you out, I can do that, I, great. You don't even think or worry or have any doubts. You go, yeah, that's Jono, that's Fred, that's my mate. He, yeah, I've known him. I, I have no worries about that. And kids, of course, with their parents. You know, we all think our parents are perfect when we're little and then 
we figure that's not quite true but uh, as we grow up. But when we're little, wow, you know, mum and dad, they just know everything. They've got it all under control. If they're around, it'll be fine. I can remember, um, I don't know if even Ruth knows this story, but uh, when I was little, my family uh, holidayed at Lake Macquarie, just an hour or so up here. My grandfather had a little shack, he called it. It was a, just a beach house on Lake Macquarie. And my brother and I went down to the lake edge and there was a little rowboat, no oars. I don't think it was part of the property, but we just got in it. And I was pretty little, uh, so I don't think we could swim, but we thought this is fine. We were, so the game was, we took it in turns. One of us, my brother Mark, a couple of years older than me, so I'm guessing, I don't know, I was maybe six or seven, either a non-swimmer or a weak swimmer, but, but it was okay because we are just taking in turns in the boat. One of us would push the boat out and there was a rope attached to it and then we'd go ding at the end of the boat and then pull it in. Yay! So that was the, that was the game. Except when my brother Mark pushed the boat out, I got to the end of the rope, boop, and the rope snapped or just rolled off the thing and I started to drift out into the lake, you know, and there's my brother Mark over there. I'm like, ah, what's going on? Hello, you know. And so, you know, I'm thinking, oh no, this is, you know, this is terrible. Uh, I was pretty scared. Like I said, I either couldn't swim or, or didn't feel confident swimming because it was getting too far and, um, and my, my, Mark couldn't swim. Well, never asked him that. Maybe he could swim. Maybe he just thought, yeah, mum can always have another. I'm sick of this guy. He's a bit annoying. I'll have to check with him. Anyway, but he bolts away, I assume, to get Dad. But anyway, he runs away, and the, the house was a long way away, so I remember just drifting out there thinking, this is it. My life, short life, passing before my eyes. This is how it's going to end. Lost at sea. Well, Lake Macquarie, but it felt like a sea, you know, eaten by sharks, sea monsters, the vultures are going to get me. I'm going to die, so all my mind. Did I mention I'm not a fearful person? Yeah, anyway, um, maybe I was then as well. Anyway, you know, I, I just remember just not knowing, not knowing what to do, just staring at the land, disappear, disappearing. And then, of course, my dad finally shows up after what seemed like an hour, was probably about two minutes, and he comes running down. I think he just waded out to the boat. I don't think it was so deep that he had to do some great big rescue. Just went, all right, there you go, son. It's all right. Okay. Oh. And it was all over. And, uh, but I have a vivid memory of the fear and then ah, the sense of confidence that it's all going to be okay just because Dad showed up on the scene. And, uh, and that confidence, that assurance, that, that fear vanishing, that's the same when your Heavenly Father shows up on the scene. And He's always there. He's just one prayer away. Sometimes you may not remember or realise He's there, right where you are, and it's going to be okay. And the Word promises God's presence in so many places, but here's just one reference. Look at Isaiah 41 verse 10. The Bible says, God's speaking, Do not fear, I am with you. Don't be dismayed, I'm your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Come on, that's a word from the Lord for you today. Don't be afraid, because God's with you. There's a pretty simple principle to run through in life. I don't have to be afraid. God is with me. And as I said, that promise runs right through the word. Romans 8, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Jesus said at the end of the book of Matthew, go into all the world and I'm with you right to the end of the age all the time. So come on, just know that. And of course, as you build your relationship with God, as you 
spend time with him in prayer and read the Bible and let him speak to you, then you will get to know him better. You'll be confident. The second thing about building our faith is that we build our faith because of past experiences in, in our faith journey. When you've got times that you can look back on and say, wow, that was tough, but I trusted God and look how he brought me through. Just think in your own life how God has rescued you and helped you and strengthened you and saved you from yourself and blessed you and, and saved you from other circumstances and all kinds of stuff that that then gives you confidence to face the challenges of today and tomorrow because you think, well, I got through that. This is, this is nothing considering sometimes some of the stuff that we've been through. And this is how Olympic athletes are made. I know you're waiting. How long I could last before I talk about the Olympics? You know, an Olympic uh, athlete doesn't get there because they just rock up one day, you know, the national trials. Someone just wakes up and thinks, you know what, athletics, I think I'll give it a go. And they just go to the national trials and, you know, oh, what's this, a pole? What do you do? We get a pole vault. I'll give that a go. Oh, how hard can it be? Woo, yeah. And I get, Actually, that was easy. What else you got? The decathlon? Nine other events? Sure, bring it on, you know. And they... Of course, they don't get in the team that way. They get there because they started in little A's because they worked when they were a little kid and trained and started winning and figure out what their best sport was and then they worked on that and then they you know, grew in confidence and they, they got more experience and they built their self-belief and they won at higher levels of competition and then they finally get selected. So it's a journey. They're a building blocks and stepping stones of experience and this is the same with our faith you know you pray when you get a, a sniffle and you get healed great and then you get a pain and you pray over that if you don't ever consider how God could influence your health then you get a big diagnosis it's going to be a massive step up to try and believe for healing then and the same with other avenues of your faith journey uh, and so you know all these Olympians you know, they have amazing stories. Um, I just get moved to tears, literally, um, watching some of these events, seeing people at the pinnacle of their sport, but also hearing about the backstory and the journey and the pain and the overcoming of the injuries and the, the times where they dropped in form and they had to pick themselves up again and, and believe in themselves and get back on, you know, and... Uh, and, and so they draw on all these past experiences and victories and overcoming of challenges so then they get to that Olympic level, they can perform at their best because they've built resilience and tenacity and self-confidence. In fact, last night when we started watching the high jump, that Russian girl, I watched her first jump and I said to Ruth, she's going to win. I should be a commentator. And uh, what I didn't know was that she's a three times world champion. So she had every reason to look confident. Because I saw her jump that first jump. I thought, she's the best looking one. And look at her face. She's like, I've got this. Well, she had a little challenge in the middle. She missed a couple of jumps, you know. But she ended up getting the gold medal because she's a three times world champion. So she's like, whereas others are like, oh, well, you never know. I see how I'm going to go. It's, you know. And so uh, she had that confidence because of her experience. And so on your playing field, in your version of the Olympics, you don't have to just trust in yourself. 
In fact, you ought not to just trust in yourself. It can take you down a, a, a crazy road of selfish ambition and pride and independence and all kinds of But we get to trust in the Lord. We get to trust in someone who is really trustworthy, who has got a lot more ability than we have, who is a secure, strong foundation to build your life on. And, and you can be a champion by trusting in God, by persevering in your faith with God. And our tests in life are not physical tests like you see at the Olympic Games, uh, but they're usually in our, our minds and our hearts, in our character. And, um, and so our training is, is not to be an elite athlete, but to become more like Jesus. And you can do that by keeping your faith in God. So think about what you've already been through, how you've journeyed, what he's brought you through, and let that build your confidence and your faith so you can keep moving forward. Yeah? So get your relationship in, with God strong and sweet and, and consistent in your prayer life. Be close to him. And then, of course, think about the times he's brought you through and let that. Let me finish with one last scripture. Final promise for you. Olympic kind of theme for you. You know this, Romans 8.37. It's the very verse before what Ruth read earlier. Everything will work together for good. Well, the verse before says, you know what? You're more than a conqueror. Actually, it starts with no, because the verse before that said, can anything, what can separate us from the love of God? He writes, and he, sorry, can can anything separate, can this separate us from the love of God? And he says, no, nothing can, because in all these things, you're more than a conqueror through him who loved you. His strength, his love in you, and you're a conqueror. You're a winner. You're more than a conqueror. And so um, take that Olympic confidence into your life today and keep trusting in the Lord. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for faith in these times in you, overcoming all fear, all worry, all anxiety in Jesus' name. We thank you that you work all things together for good, that you call us to be more than conquerors because of your love. And I pray for everyone listening today, they would know you. I pray that Anyone listening, if you've never given your life to Jesus, then do that. Pray a prayer of commitment. Very simple. Give your life to Christ. Turn from living on your own, in your own way, and turn from sin. That's what repentance is, just turning to God away from your own life. Give Him your life and help Him and ask Him to help you. He'll fill your life with His love and wonderful purpose. Thank you, Lord, touching everyone and helping us to Rise up in faith in these times. In Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.